0: Thank you so much. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Unity Center for Positive Living. My name is Tom. We're glad you could join us. I'd like to read to you from the Daily Word with today's opening message, protection. God is here. I am safe. Once in a while, I enjoy doing things that frighten me sharing ghost stories around a campfire, watching a spooky movie, even savoring the uneasy feeling just before thundering down the first hill of that roller coaster. You know, I mean, how many people like sitting in the front seat of the roller coaster?
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: All these things can feel scary, even though I know I'm not in any real danger. If I begin to feel unsafe in any situation, I remember that right where I am, God is. Breathing out, I release tension. My body relaxes. Fearful thoughts begin to dissolve. Breathing in, I think more clearly. Slowly, I regain renewed strength and peace of mind. My confidence returns as I remember that nothing in the world can prevail against the strength, the wisdom, the love of God. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And that's Psalm 2, verses 3 to 4. Now, please join us in singing while Matt and Becky lead us in, Surely the press We have a little preamble that goes
2: with
3: this.
0: Say our opening statement together. There is only, only one, one presence and one power active, power active as, as the universe and as my life, God, God the Good. Now, please join us in singing while Becky and Matt lead us in our welcoming song, Breathe on Me.
3: This may be new to some of you, but we'll just help you with it, if you're willing to try. It's called Breathe on Me, Breath of God. It's like a song, United Song. I'll try it first time, and if you want to listen and then join in when you feel comfortable,
2: Bye. Oh.
0: review to see all of us here so you can wave and to acknowledge each other.
3: Mary, Mary. Uh, uh, this is yeah. <laughs> I my sister in law, but, but she's, my, she's my sister, person, and my best friend. Oh, okay, well. <laughs> and we get to be aunties and grandmas together. Yeah. So. You know,
4: you turn around and say, John. John! Yeah. John. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, like said, yeah, a kid
3: that
4: there. lives on this uh, Yeah,
3: they just
1: moved. Well, what part of this night?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, really?
0: Well, just a a big unity of Centralia welcome to Sharon and to Mary.
3: And of course,
0: (laughs) Sandy Kroll decided to show up for us today. We're really glad And Sandy was a longtime member of unity here in Centralia, and the work that she did here continues to resound throughout our congregation. First off on the announcements, we'd like to present a certificate of membership to Claudia. So we're going to ask her to, to give us a couple of words about why she came to Unity here.
1: Thank you. Well, I belonged at Unity some 15 years ago. I lived in the area, and I moved out to Riderwood, which is a community about 45-50 minutes from here, and I just got the yearning to be part of the community again, and so here I am. Right.
0: As you all know, and thank you, Irene, if you're out there, for sending out the weekly email detailing out grandfather's Christian service and medicine wheel teachings. Also, um, Dr. Daria's circle meeting, um, that's the second and fourth Sunday, I'm sorry, the fourth Sunday of the month, grandfather's is second and fourth also, some incredible news. Joanne just informed me that our... Not yet. Not yet. All right. Surprise. Coming in later. Okay. Also wanted to make everyone aware that we've got a Thanksgiving meal here on the 20th. So... That'll announce he'll coming for
1: that. Okay. That would be it. All
0: right. There's a sign up sheet downstairs on the counter. Or whatever you'd like to sign up for. Sign up sheet down, downstairs on the counter. All right. And we appreciate everyone. Yes, I'm being flagged. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, we're gonna give you, we're gonna give you some sound. Here.
1: <laughs> if you're
0: gonna come all the way down here, we're gonna we're gonna let you talk.
1: Well, you know I couldn't pass up an opportunity to say something. Also on that day, on November 20th, is um, in the afternoon, is an interfaith works service that you can Zoom into. It, and it's it's in Olympia at the um, Temple Beth at Hatfula. It has um, people, different denominations doing things. There's a young man who's a Muslim. Uh, the speaker is Native American. It's uh, uh, an outpouring of various faiths in the Olympia area. So, you all are invited to come in person or tune in.
0: Okay, one more time. What time is that? It's at 2 o'clock on November 20th. All right. Here we go. People want to say we could just do it here. The we could.
1: Yes, we, we, could, we could do that. Well, I'll be asleep from
0: the turkey all day. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds like that's what we're doing. Okay, so two <laughs> o'clock here um, or 1:30. It, as Joanne said, it, it, it will just be a all morning and afternoon piece here. <laughs> also, I had to comment for the, I don't know, it's gotta be the first time we have. Two of our, our other musician, sets of musician people here today, probably because Becky and Mather are <laughs> um, but yes, wanted to always thank Joyce and the Merkers for their wonderful contribution to our service. And, uh, finally, we, we have a couple of openings for readers still this year. So get in touch with Susan if you have time or you found something that you just have to share. And please join us in our unity statement, and we'll say that together. We believe in our oneness with all life and the power of love. We We teach teach universal principles and values as taught by Jesus and and others. Revealing the one God presence, we practice prayer, meditation, and service to be conscious of our oneness in God. And I'll actually look at the screen. Sorry, all right, Song of Joy, Matt and you are going to lead us in God in every face. Yes. This is, uh, there
2: there are instructions in this song for you to follow. So uh, we're going to start off just real nice and easy, lower than that. OK, we'll sing through it we'll once and then. We
3: am bringing new songs to you guys, you know Yeah. <laughs> so.
2: seeing heads nodding. You Now, in order to properly dance in the glory and whirl in stand the grace, you may have to be up. on your feet for it. So. And it's easier to dance if you have a dance beat. So we'll like pick it up a little bit. this you better be on your feet that's what i have to say to you because we're gonna pick it up even a little more (laughs)
0: In our affirmations, and give it a little more zest this time,
3: okay, and, you're coming,
0: I'm you coming,
1: there we are, one
0: more, there we go, there we are,
1: all right, <laughs>
0: I am the love of God in expression. I am truly thankful for all the good I already experience. I am growing more prosperous with every day. I am healthy, active, whole, and happy. I am always growing and expanding into the fulfillment of my potential. I am in peace knowing everything I need comes to me in perfect time. In a perfect way. A perfect way. And I was, I was staffed there. So this morning, Jerry is going to give us a reading.
4: Uh, today's reading, I'm going to do from um, a book written by Charles Fillmore, who, as we all know, is a uh, co-founder of our church and. Uh, through inspiration, he actually named our church unity through an inspiration from God. So uh, this is a book called Prosperity. And uh, he has some pretty good advice in here. Uh, Perfect love casts out fear. Fear is a breeder of poverty for it breaks down positive thoughts. Negative thoughts bring negative conditions. The first thing to do in making a demonstration of prosperity in the home is to discard all negative thoughts and words. Build up a positive thought, that atmosphere in the home, an atmosphere that is free from fear and filled with love. Do not allow any words of poverty or lack to limit the attractive power of love in the home. Selectively carry, carefully, only those words that charge the home atmosphere with plenty of with the idea of plenty. For like attracts like, and unseen as well as seen. Never make an assertion in the home, no matter how true it may appear to look on the surface, that you would not want to see persist in the home. By talking poverty and lack, you are making a comfortable place for these unwelcome guests for your fireside, and they will want to stay. Rather, fill the home with thoughts and words of plenty of love, of God's substance, then the unwelcome guest will soon leave you. Do not say that money is scarce. The very statement will scare away money from you. Do not begin now to talk plenty. Think plenty and give thanks for plenty. Enlist all the members of the home in the same work. Make it a game. It's lots of fun, and better than that, it actually works. You should expect prosperity when, when you keep the prosperity law. Therefore, be thankful for every blessing that you gain, as deeply grateful for every demonstration as for an unexpected trader dropped into your lap. This will keep your heart fresh. For truly, thanksgiving may be likened to rain falling upon the soil, refreshing it and increasing its productiveness. When Jesus only had a small supply, he gave thanks for what little he had. This increased that little into such an abundance that a multitude was satisfied with food and much was left over. Blessing has not lost its power since the time of Jesus used it. Try it, and you'll prove its efficacy. The same power of the multiplication is in today. Praise and thanksgiving impart the quickening spiritual power and produces growth and increase in all things. You should never condemn anything in your home. If you want new articles of furniture or new clothes to take the place of those you now have, do not talk, <clears throat> do not talk about your present things as old and shabby. Watch your words, see yourself clothed as befits a child of the king, and see your home furnished just as it pleases your ideal. Thus, plant in the home atmosphere they see the seed of richness and abundance. It will all come to you. Use the patience, the wisdom, and the acidity that the farmer employs in planting and cultivating, and your crop will be sure. Thank
1: you.
0: Thank you so much. All right. Um, Now, please join us as Matt and Becky lead us in our meditation song, Deeper and Deeper.
3: The words are simple, and feel free to use your voices in the way that you love us. I'm going to add a couple of additional words that aren't on the screen here.
0: Second or the fifth Sunday of the month, we'll be praying progressive Lord's Prayer.
1: Yeah. Or we
0: can do it's, the it's affirmations me. once again. No, we are, I know, I was going to say. Right. So, progressive Lord's Prayer. Our Creator who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, I am. I am thy kingdom come. I am thy will being done. I am on earth, even as I am in heaven. I am giving the same daily bread to all. I am forgiving all life, even as I am also all life forgiving me. I am leading all men and women from temptation. I am delivering all men and women from error. For I am the kingdom, I am the power. I am the glory of God, eternal, immortal manifestation. All this I am.
3: Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. I know
2: that all is well. This is a tune of Ricky Byers' uh, melody called The Breath of God that we put to the Alleluia. So we'll do the Alleluias and then close with I know that all is well. So.
0: As you all know, we are privileged to have a different speaker with us each Sunday of the month. This morning, from New York, we are privileged and honored to welcome Reverend John Wingfield in the midst of his celebration of his 50th wedding anniversary. and lovely wife. So, here we go.
5: Can you hear me? Okay, I can't hear you. You were muted, I guess. Anyway, live from New York, it's Sunday Morning Live. It is good to be alive. It's good to be alive and be with you. I wish I could be with you physically today, but about 3000 miles prevents that from happening. This morning or today, this weekend, we are experiencing a trifecta of traditions, which are very interesting celebrations. Halloween, of course, here in America, especially, There's something we didn't see while we were in Europe at all, the decorations Um, in Portugal while we traveled throughout Portugal and then into Spain last weekend. We saw hardly anything, maybe a few pumpkins, but nothing really compared to what we saw when we got here in Brooklyn, walking around yesterday with our grandson wearing his costume, uh, just amazing. It reminded me of being a kid Growing up in my hometown and seeing all the decorations people put on houses at Christmas time. Here they're doing it at Halloween. It's just a very, very, very interesting phenomenon to me. So there's Halloween happening. So what mask are you wearing? What is it that you've got? Here I have one. My grandson made this in his kindergarten class. And has it been on the back or some you could get at the store the different masks for different characters, or of course, another boy from Brooklyn, Captain America. We wear masks a lot, don't we? When we go out into society and being um, happy or sad or being distracted, being all kinds of things, being professional, being cool. Um, But there's also the wonderful tradition of the Americas that runs throughout from South America up to North America, including, of course, Central American countries. That is the Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, which we experienced that five years ago, especially while we were in Los Angeles caring for our granddaughter, or at least getting to hang out with our granddaughter a lot. We went down to The old center of Los Angeles, Ciudad de Los Angeles um, for Dia de Los Muertos celebration there was fabulous. It's a time of remembering and honoring all of our ancestors and not forgetting those who have gone on before us, our parents, our grandparents, our relatives of all relations. Just having that time of remembrance is a wonderful tradition. And then the third tradition is Soane from the Celtic Isles, uh, which would include Western Europe, especially. And something that I experienced and we experienced uh, while I was working in England, I was the 15 years ago, the minister and director of Unity School of Christianity of Great Britain or the United Kingdom. And one day, Jane and I, one weekend, we went down to Glastonbury. You've heard of Glastonbury perhaps, if nothing else, the, the big music festival that they have every summer. But Glastonbury goes back a long, long time, ages and ages. Um, and we went there in 15 years ago, as I was saying, and got to visit the chalice well, something that we were told the story of the legend of the chalice cup uh, by a, a Catholic priest friend of ours when we were living in San Luis Obispo and I was working as a minister there. And the tradition or the legend is that after the resurrection, Joseph of Arimathea, who was the uncle or great uncle of of Jesus, and the one who allowed the body of of the crucified Jesus to be placed in his tomb for burial. Um, After the resurrection, Joseph of Arimathea got the chalice cup and a few other items, including the thorn crown that they had placed on him during the, the crucifixion. And they took, as he was a trader, um, he took a ship from Israel up to England and was doing business there and settled in to the village of Glastonbury. And there he taught the Druids about the risen Christ and about the teachings Jesus had shared and they being very interested in the Trinity, because they could accept the idea of the Trinity being, we had known it as father, mother, and son, and (coughs) Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. So he was able to develop that, that spiritual congeniality, or as some would say, convert them, but I think that they adopted into their own belief systems <clears throat> the teachings of Jesus, the teachings of Christ. And um, so while we were there, we found that very fascinating that the chalice cup as legend, that legend has it, there are many others. If you heard about Dan Brown's writings, of, of course, um, he took the cup and and then buried it before he left in a well, the chalice well, um, and also the crown of thorns, he buried that, and it grew into being a tree which lasted for hundreds and hundreds of years until some wild-eyed Christian went in and chopped it down in a fit of, of um, what would you say, belief, uh, his religious beliefs being corrupted or whatever, um, chopped it down. But they did replant a remnant of that. And when we were there 15 years ago, it was at least 10 feet tall. So there is that ongoing and the resurrection of life even there. So we went to the the, um, chalice well. And while we were there, we were doing yoga. I did my yoga breathing exercises, something I was taught over 50 years ago by my yoga teacher, my first yoga teacher, Barbara Cook from Tacoma. And uh, Jane was doing her yoga postures and then we meditated at the the Chalice Well, which is a very beautiful, serene place. And we were the only ones there in that vicinity, so it gave us plenty of time to meditate and feel like we were not interfering or being interfered with whatsoever. So from there, we went out and went up to the Tor. Do you know about this? The Tor is a mound that's 500 feet tall. They call it a mountain, but that's England. It's a pretty flat, rolling country here in the United States, especially in the Northwest mountains are not 500 feet tall. They're 5,000 and more tall, 15,000 almost feet tall. So, so we have this uh, experience of going to the tour and the tradition of Sawane which is tomorrow into Monday. Um, Samhain is the time where the veils between the worlds becomes very thin and uh, the sensitives and seers can move between this three-dimensional reality of life into another dimension and cross over and visit or see ancestors who departed so this is a wonderful tradition i love it and and in fact you know that the spiritual journey is not a straight line it's not something with a starting point, go, and, and then you end up at, at a finish line somewhere. It is a journey of cycles and, and, and turns and all kinds of, of uh, levels of, of uncovering things like pain and hurt and ignorance and illusions and, and, and misbeliefs and so forth as we peel off the onion skin and we go deeper and deeper in the journey. So so when we were on the tour, I noticed that a lot of people, we were going kind of straight up to the top, to the top where there's an ancient tower called St. Michael's Tower um, that had been a church at one time. And um, there were a lot of people who were walking almost like a labyrinth to get to the top. The labyrinth is more of the spiritual journey where you're traveling if you ever have not done the labyrinth walk they are a beautiful meditation experience in themselves so we get to the top and there's a plaque or it's more like a, a dial it has it has the different directions and in in different directions it points to to certain uh, places like Bristol and Bath and, and so forth but there was one off to another direction for that went to Cadbury Castle. Not Cadbury Chocolate, but Cadbury Castle. And Cadbury Castle is where, as another legend has it, where Camelot was. But then that's another legend, another aspect of mythology of the spiritual journey. So we were over in Lisbon, um, Portugal for a month. We went there to celebrate our 50 years our anniversary is not till actually Thanksgiving, but we wanted to have this time a special And our oldest son, Jeremy, who lives in Germany most of the time. He came down and spent a lot of time with us. And, and Jane's sister joined us. One day we went to a section of Chiado, section of Lisbon, where we found the oldest, um, the oldest bookstore in the world is their claim. It goes back hundreds of years. And I got this book for my granddaughter, my grandson, called Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass. So I got this and I I had in my back of my mind, I wanted to get them something special. I got also um, the Wizard of Oz, but I wanted to get this one because it is a story about the spiritual journey. And I read it in order to put a my understanding of metaphysical interpretation into the story, and I found it is true. It is a wonderful story of the spiritual journey and awakening, awakening, because that is the spiritual journey. A major aspect is transformation and awakening to who we are. This morning, we went back now two days from from Portugal, We went with our grandson to his basketball practice at the Friends Academy and the Friends Academy here in Brooklyn. Um, On the way back, I left a little early and I thought I would go stop by my favorite bagel shop and get a bagel. I love to do this whenever we're in Brooklyn, but I was not able to, to go in because there were 18 people standing in line outside. I didn't want to stand in line. But I will tell you, nonetheless, I love to walk into that bagel shop and they have a bagel there called everything. So I always ask them, make me one with everything. But I didn't get to today. But I had one yesterday. It was delicious with with cream cheese on top. So having said that about, about the the spiritual journey. One of the things that I was interested in understanding because I've heard for years, people talk about through the rabbit hole, down the rabbit hole, down the rabbit And I wonder, what do they mean by it? How do they put that? What's the, what, what are they talking about? Well, I read it. this story and it's like in her dream, Alice goes into this rabbit hole and, begins experiencing people and cheshire cat and all kinds of living creatures and cards and and all kinds of things um, but it's all about the spiritual um, metaphors in our spiritual journey until she comes to awakening and wakes up her sister wakes her up and it's time to be alive to be awake I think I've told you before maybe not all of you have heard this but When I was in college back in the 60s, um, I studied religion quite a lot. Almost all of it was about the history of Christianity and Christian teachings. And then my fourth year of school, I took a course in Eastern philosophy. And in doing so, it began to answer a lot of questions that had been been, uh, a accumulating in the back of my mind as I was studying Christian theology. Theology is simply a, a, a form of intellectual exercises to explain and to, what, um, rationalize uh, Christian beliefs, Christian dogma, Christian dogma, doctrine. And so there were some things that were unsettling for me in about that, such as the idea of original sin and other things that just didn't make sense, just didn't seem real, just didn't seem true to me. And so um, in reading and studying Eastern philosophy, I came to the point of realizing that, yeah, there's there's truth here and it's wonderful. It's deep, it's beautiful. So let me share with you a reading from one of my favorite books. It is Words to Live By by Echnat Eshwaran. Now, this was written or first published in 1990, so understand the context of what he's saying. But he begins with this quote from the Katha Upanishad. The Katha Upanishad is one of the ancient texts, ancient scriptures of Hinduism. And it reads As pure water poured into pure water becomes the very same, so does the self of the illumined man or woman, verily become one with the Godhead. Now, when I first read that and studied that, over 50 years ago, I went, ah, yes, it's true. And Eshwaran goes on to say in his own commentary, for some reason, it is very difficult for us to accept our divine nature. This has always puzzled me. We pay money for books about how destructive we are. We stand in line to see movies that emphasize our capacity for making trouble. No, we don't do that much anymore, do we? I mean, really, just as an aside, we, we listen to books on our uh, phones and iPads, and we, and we watch movies um, online being streamed to us. But he goes on to say, we go to encounter, we don't do that much anymore either. We agitate each other with our weaknesses. Then when Jesus comes to tell us that the kingdom of heaven is within us, we say, there must be some mistake. It is to convince us that our real self is always pure and eternal, that men and women of God keep arising among us. More than anything, we need to hear their good news that the source of all joy and security is right within. In the Hindu scriptures, there's a precise term for our real nature, the Atman. And all it means is the self, not the little self, the changing personality with which most of us identify, but the higher self, our real changeless personality, which we discover in the depths of meditation. Ah, I love that. We discover and we experience it in meditation. A week ago, we were in Spain. We went over to San Sebastian and got to go swimming in the Atlantic. It was a beautiful day and beautiful place, beautiful people and experience going into different uh, ethnicities and experiencing different foods. The cuisine was wonderful. And then uh, we came back and um, one day we went, while we were in Lisbon, um, we went into the uh, botanical garden of the University of Lisbon and went around and saw these beautiful flowers and plants and, and trees. And um, then we went into a uh, museum, a museum which had been the laboratory and institute for medicine and science for the university. And that lab was still there and it was fascinating. We got to see all these specimens that they had, and all these things and equipment, the old equipment. It was really fun, really fabulous. Um, and I came across this reading uh, there was above a bunch of, of the um, the specimens that they had. They had, a, I mean, specimens of plants that, and different uh, things that are used for medicine. And the, the title of this was diero, which means healer. Although healers belong to a complete separate world in what concerns culture, conceptual, and social backgrounds, They have always been a privileged source of information for Western science. In traditional African societies, healers play a key role in the balance and cohesion of local communities. Their multiple responsibilities involve diagnosis and cure of diseases and and practice of foretelling based on magic and religious concepts. Invested with extraordinary powers reinforced with the protection of ancestral spiritual healers become, can restore social order. Through the use of special equipment, healers have the ability to interpret life aspects and and the, the aspects only revealed to him or her. Part of the healers wisdom is based on direct transmission of knowledge between the elder and the apprentices and its constant evolution. This practice is the domain of the sacred. It uses instruments derived from natural resources, namely local fauna and flora. These these materials related to complex forms of vocabulary and meanings that only healers, with the exception of experience, with the exceptional experience and knowledge can read and decode. They act as mediators between the healer and the patient seeking to reverse through the healing situations of disorder such as illness, death, bad luck, misery, infertility, and impotence. So this was at the Botanical Gardens in the museum. Now this is a perspective of inclusion of natural healing that is so disregarded here in the west in the united states i mean but it goes back to a lot this discovery about in the 1650s by a doctor of quinine quinine came from the bark of a tree in peru peruvian cinchona bark And this was one of the first practices of specific drug therapy that was developed almost 400 years ago. So it's amazing what we can do. But to me, the lesson from this is really to get the idea, to get the idea that we are all here for a reason. That's not to get, it's not to accumulate stuff. You know, when Jesus, told the story of the 10 talents that we call the 10 talent. Usually that's applied or used to, to be a teaching of prosperity which I often have used it many times through my years of 45 years of ministry. But it has nothing to do with that. What he talked about, what he said was, unto everyone that has shall be given and he shall have abundance. But from him that has not shall be taken away, even what he has. He's not talking about stuff. He's not talking about things. He's talking about consciousness. So if you have a consciousness of kindness, you will have more kindness to give. If you have a consciousness of compassion, you will have more care and love and respect to give. If you have a consciousness of patience, you will have more time to be patient and kind to others. Simply put, it's about loving one another as we love ourselves. As Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. As Jesus said, give all you can and it will come back to you in so many ways. Now, the purpose of breathing on this quest is to be alive. This is something I've done for over 50 years, the breathing exercise a yoga breath. And it goes along and helps us to move through anything we're dealing with, to take a breath and breathe in and breathe out, to give love instead of hatred. The tragedy of our time, the tragedy that we are dealing with in our country, in our nation, in our society, among our people, among our families and our friends is fear. Because fear has taken a grip in our country, and that fear has many faces, many forms, many masks. And yet it's time that we replace that fear, that we chase that fear out with love. You know, it was interesting being in Portugal and Spain, because over 500 years ago, and 500 years ago indeed, that's where the Inquisition. Was happening the most they had directors of the inquisition that were that were killing people that were chasing people out they were chasing um, our jewish ancestors out to north africa if they wouldn't become uh, converted into christians and even those who did say they became christian they were often still executed because people said we don't believe that You're just faking it. So being there was a real joy because I was in a country that over 500 years years ago was the empire. It was an empire with a king and queen and and they had the greatest Navy in the world and the greatest navigators. And they were going off and colonializing uh, um, places in Africa, Mozambique, And and in South America, like, um, of course, Brazil, and over into India and and Hong Kong and various places. And and yet now it's a different story, a different world. Now they are very kind of very soft and gentle. In fact, just the other day, Jane and I were walking back to our flat um, where we were staying, and we came across a peace demonstration. I think it was on... Wednesday, people were demonstrating for peace um, because that's what they want. They want peace. We need to demonstrate for peace here in America by being peaceful, by demonstrating in all the actions and all of the manifestations that as Jerry was reading about, all the manifestation to, to give peace and love instead of fear, to breathe, to walk, to talk, love to breathe love into our animals to our plants to our friends and to know that love is all you are love is all we are and that's all there is to it so let's take a time now to to meditate on the breath if you will get still and if you are sitting sit up straight with your spine erect if you're standing all the better and easier to stand with your spine erect and to breathe. Breathe deep. And as you breathe, take in that breath of life, spirit. Take it into your whole being and breathe out and let it go. Don't hold your breath and don't breathe with your chest, breathe with your abdomen. Let the billows of your abdomen breathe in and out and relax. And welcome the spirit with every breath. Welcome the spirit of wholeness, of holiness. For deep within you, is the Atman, but we call it the Christ, the Christ within, And we are one in the Christ. Just concentrate on your breathing. And all the other distractions, just let them float away like clouds, puffy clouds, floating away. And As we breathe, if there is anything that needs to be healed in your life, any pain, whether it's physical pain or dysfunction or whether it is relationship or your finances, your past, breathe that into your heart. Breathe it in. Take it into your heart and breathe it out and let it go. Breathe it out with love and let it go. Just keep breathing. There's a lot of pain and fear in our world right now. There's a lot of pain and fear in our society where there's so much anti-Semitism. There's so much hatred toward other people who are different people who have different genders than us, people who have different orientations, different beliefs, different idealisms, just breathe it in, into your heart. Let it go through your heart and breathe it out with love. Give love. Be love. Be loving. Don't be condemning. Don't be finding fault. Just give the love. Because that's what we are. And that's what we are here for, to be healers. To be healers with love. To heal our past, to heal our world, to restore the beauty and incredible vibrancy of the earth. And so for this and for all of the good in our lives, we thank you, God. Oh, peace, bliss. Amen. Okay, Tom, back to you.
0: Thank you, (laughs) Dionne. Let's do that. Okay. Thank you very much, John. And and I know that um, I'm joined by all the folks here and all the folks on Line to wish you and Jane a very special fiftieth wedding anniversary, and to always have you in our hearts and thoughts. we We really appreciate your sharing. All right, now, while we aren't physically together in church to collect our offerings, for those folks on Zoom, we want to thank everyone who's donated here, and by mail, we appreciate any checks sent to the church at 800 South Pearl Street, Centralia, 98531. And you can also um, donate online by clicking on the donation tab on our web page, unityofcentralia.net. We very much appreciate all the ways that you give of your time, your talent, and your treasure to our congregation and to the world in general. Now let's all hold our offerings in our hands and in our hearts as we say our offering prayer together.
1: We bless these
0: gifts, excuse me, divine love through me, blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. You all right, and let's all say the blessing of thanks together. We bless these gifts and send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly,
3: and so it is.
0: And if you would like to focus our collective group healing energy for someone, please raise your hand, tell us who it is, or hold them quietly in your heart. Members of our community have requested that we send out healing prayers and energy to members of our community that are healing and experiencing the love and growth Also, members of our community who must deal with basic human needs while living without a home. We also want to send out healing prayers to all of the people and beings who are experiencing trauma from wars and natural disasters. Please join in our healing prayer. Beloved Mother, Father God, we ask for the highest and greatest good for our brothers and sisters. And endeavor to see them through your eyes, knowing all is in divine order. Amen. And please join me in saying our prayer of protection together.
1: The light of God surrounds us, the love of God enfolds us, the power of God protects us,
0: the presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is possible. And let's form a circle in the center here in our sanctuary and also in Zoom land and sing our song of peace. Please feel free to turn on gallery view so that you can see us all singing. We want to thank everyone who made our service today possible. Um, Obviously, our Reverend John Wingfield celebrating his 50th anniversary. Wonderful musicians.
1: Come over here.
0: Jackie thatcher
1: Yeah.
0: Let's Jane make a circle. Curry Corey. Matt Corey. Excuse me. We've got Penny who ran the slide. Joanne who watched the uh set up the overhead. And Susan who Put together the camera today. Let's
1: see if I can get can we And oh, we're
0: expanding our <laughs> wonderful circle.
3: Okay, here we go. we an odd circle.